Hayes, Alexander, Shabbat for three, bang, oh! will get it for the win. What's going on, guys? Welcome to another 2022 NBA playoff post-game recap here on Dime Dropper. Before we get started, please make sure to subscribe on YouTube at Dime Dropper Podcast, Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, leave a review if you'd like, and to remember to follow us on all social media platforms at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Dime Dropper Pod. Tonight is a very special night here on Dime Dropper. The first eliminated team of the 2022 playoffs, and oh boy, I did not see this one coming. I mean, I did tonight, but not before the series, as you guys know. Shout out to my man, Brian Murphy. He said four or five games. He wasn't lying. And I don't know, maybe that guy says some crazy stuff. Sometimes I don't even know to believe him if he's being truthful or not. He has a lot of faith in his team. But I don't know. I thought maybe in the back of his mind he knew that Kyrie and Kevin would give them more. But maybe he just thought the Celtics were that much better than the Nets. Because they were. So we're going to be talking about how embarrassing this is for Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant mainly. Because the Nets team itself isn't that good. But Kyrie and Kevin Durant to not even get a game. This is the first time in their careers that they've been swept. They have swept a lot of people. But this is the first time they have been swept. We're going to talk about that. That was the only game I watched thoroughly tonight. Utah and Dallas was a blowout, so I'll just talk about what I think about that series, and obviously now that we have one team eliminated, and likely Chicago will be eliminated tomorrow, if I think they're playing tomorrow, so they should be eliminated. Same with Miami, eliminating Atlanta, if all goes to, according to plan, so it'll be easier for me to lock in on the rest of the games and come at you guys with more thorough recaps. Obviously, the beginning recaps were thorough, but I know I've been a little off the last couple of days. By the way, check out the le- recap yesterday with my man, Oh the Great. Talking about Kevin Durant and the Celtics losing game three, uh, Celtics winning game three, and we just talked about a lot of games, the whole weekend's games, and I'm not going to be hard, that hard on Kevin Durant tonight because I was really harsh on him in episodes one and three of this series, or after games one and three of the series, but we're going to tell it how it is as well, and we're going to go all in on them because we did it for the Lakers, we're going to keep the same energy for the Nets. Two years in a row, we had everyone in the media, all the casual fans, talking about Nets, Lakers in the finals, it's guaranteed. Even I started almost drinking that Kool-Aid. But the fact that they didn't even make it two straight years to the final eight. And this year, not even... I'm sorry, the Nets did make the final eight last year. But this year, not even making it to the second round either team, it's almost poetic. And a lot of things were very poetic about the way the Celtics kicked their ass in this series, dating back years and years of moves. But we will also be talking about the Toronto-Philly situation because that's getting juicy. So without further ado, let's begin. Shout out to all the people in the live tonight. I hope more people join. We had a pretty crowded live last night. 100 views by the time I had finished the video. And at times, 25, 30 people in the live last night. So hopefully it increases as we go on. I'm going live a little bit earlier for you guys tonight. Let Super Chats are turned on, by the way, if you want to drop a dollar a dime. But let's get into it. Obviously, the main focus was going to be, do Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving have any dog left in this fight? Because this, when it comes to getting swept, it's a pride thing a lot of times. 
And Charles Barkley constantly, since I've been watching Inside the NBA for the 17 years that I have, has always preached about get a game. You're a great player. You can win one game. And in most cases, that can be true. And sometimes it just comes down to pride. It really does. And I didn't see much pride from Kyrie and Kevin Durant in game three. I talked about that with my man, O the Great. But tonight, I saw a little better effort from the team, but I saw a much better start for Kevin Durant. Exactly what I've been saying all series long that he needs to be doing. And I know he's probably beating himself up about it because he probably thought he played pretty decent tonight, felt good about it. This was the first game that really looked like KD, and it just came too late when you're already down 3 nothing. He was working so much quicker off the catch, just quick decisions, turning one uh, left or right, quick off the catch, one or two dribbles, getting into his spots, getting into his shots. And another thing that I really liked too was that he was actually posting up, actually getting the ball in the mid post, even right right uh, outside the block on one possession. And got fadeaways, got double teamed, made the right plays. It was just... And he was being aggressive more than anything. He shot 31 times tonight. And, you know, you're going to look at the efficiency and say, oh, he shot pretty inefficiently tonight. But he needed to do this. He needed to do this. And honestly, this was the closest game they were to winning outside of game one. But he needed to do this. I talked about it last game. What grade is the efficiency if you only get 11 shots off? And that applies to somebody else tonight on the Nets. And that's Kyrie Irving who just did not come out with any aggression to me at all. Obviously, you got to give credit to the Celtics because they've been so incredible defensively all series. They've taken away the paint from the Nets when it comes to Kyrie and Kevin. They've sat on all their spots. They're sitting at the nail. They're sitting at the elbow with an extra defender, making Bruce Brown make, sh- make shots, leaving Andre Drummond fairly open, leaving Blake Griffin open tonight when in which he played more. They're just even lo- lag- sagging off Seth Curry. Seth Curry has gotten a bunch of open shots in this series, and he's had a good series, efficient series. Had another great game tonight when it comes to offense. 23 points, 9 of 13 shooting, and 5 of 9 from 3. But he's been a mismatch all series, and that's what it really comes down to. So KD played really well to start the game. I thought he played pretty well the whole game. 31 shots tonight. Wasn't the most efficient. Made 13 of them, and it was 3 of 11 from 3s. But he was shooting 3s to combat the load up. Could he have been a little bit more aggressive? Could he have been a little bit more in the post? Yeah, you could always ask for a little more, but that's if you're holding him to a Kobe, Jordan, LeBron-like standard. And I'm not, I'm being realistic with Kevin. And I thought he was really solid tonight. And he set the tone well. The, the issue with the Nets, is, and it's been all series, is they're just too small. They're riding with, and this is another issue, right? They're riding with Kyrie and Seth Curry. But a big issue is that they never, you can just tell by watching the series and watching the four games that the Celtics were so much more connected on both ends of the floor. They trusted each other more. They had better quality role players. They were more versatile on both ends of the floor. They were connected on defense. They communicated. And the Nets look like they're still figuring shit out. And this is what I told some of my friends, one of which owes me $50 tonight because he thought that the talent would win out and take the Nets to the finals. This is what I've realized by being an NBA fan of a team for 17 years. There's a reason why I've always said I want the Clippers to get a top two seed. And there's only been one year in our franchise's history where we've gotten the top two seed. And that was 2020, when the season ended short and we really didn't even get to go into the playoffs with any momentum and any flow at all. So we really haven't finished top two ever. And we don't have a ring to show for it as a result. And that's what I realized towards the end of Lob City, the last two years, where I was like, we really need to get a top two seed because it gives us home court advantage in the second round as well. 
And it also is just a reflection of your team's success in the season. People always say your record doesn't show how good you are. And in some cases, that's true. But in most cases, it is true. Your record does show. It's not true, I should say. Your record does show how good you are. Because if you have great players that have been injured throughout a season, that means that they have literally not played. So that means that when they come back, you're going to have to work them back into things. If you've gained a rhythm without them, you're going to have to get let them get the shots that they normally get, especially if they're a star player. And it kind of can mess with the flow of things. I noticed it. I noticed it with Blake Griffin when he was on my Clippers. He would constantly be injured. We had to constantly work him back into things. And then you had you have Anthony Davis now in Los Angeles where they constantly have to work him back into things. And the second he seems like he's getting settled, something else happens. He gets injured again. It's just a hassle. And in this case, Kyrie Irving's taking a stand and not wanting to get vaccinated. Look, I know it's a really sensitive subject, and I know it's been like a political divide, but I'm just speaking in basketball terms of what was best for the Brooklyn Nets. And what was best for the Brooklyn Nets was that Kyrie Irving get vaccinated. Say what you want about the New York state mandate and all this stuff, but at the end of the day, he made a personal choice, but he made a selfish decision. And he has every right to make that decision, but it was selfish because you have teammates. Is the, is the goal, is no, what's the number one goal? I guess in life it's to be happy. But I've... I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at it from a fan perspective as an as a competitor. I, I just think that winning a championship, there's so many people that care about these professional sports. You got teammates, you got your coaching staff that are also getting scrutinized and judged every single day for this. You got your fans that are literally paying their hard-earned money and, and giving their energy to just support this Nets team that they've supported long before Kyrie Irving was even there. And not your star player, not not making himself available to his teammates it really just was a huge distraction this season and i want to watch his post game comments to see what accountability he took i saw something on twitter that said he did for that but it doesn't make it any less acceptable i think if you're a nets fan you got to be livid at this guy man this is crazy like i get it it's a personal choice but look at the effect it had on the team james harden you know, you say what you want about it's great that they traded him. I, I think it's good that they traded him too. But they were a top two seed, the Nets, in the beginning of the season. KD was in MVP talks. James Harden was playing not his best, but he was still contributing. He was still playmaking. They definitely could have used some playmaking in that series. And I'll tell you what, James Harden on size alone is better than Patty Mills, Kyrie Irving, or Seth Curry on the defensive end in my eyes. And it was just... A train wreck of a season in that sense. You trade James Harden. Kyrie Irving is still part-time. KD gets hurt. And now you're the seventh seed. And you, like, I don't think that the franchise or the Nets even thought about the fact that Kyrie Irving and Seth Curry in the same starting lineup is too small in the playoffs. That may work in the 60s, but right now the league is full of big guards. That's the one thing. I'm not about the bigger, faster, stronger shit. Because it's literally statistically with bigger, I mean, sorry, with taller, it's not true. But, and especially for the last 20, 30 years, it's anything, it's downsized. But, yeah, you couldn't roll with that even 10 years ago. But the point is, in the, you know, the NBA in the last 30 years or so, two small guards like that, you're going to get cooked, man. And even more in this era, it's easier to target certain guys with like for example people used always say oh who's he guarding that doesn't matter now because the pick and roll the way you guarding pick and rolls is so tricky now 
that you're going to have to make hard decisions. And when you switch everything, which the Nets attempted to do to combat the Celtics, they just don't, as I said the last episode, they just don't have the personnel to switch everything. Seth Curry was food all series long for Tatum and Jalen, and that was no different tonight. Kyrie Irving was the same. And Kyrie Irving tonight, I said he wasn't aggressive enough to start on offense, but his defense was so... It was the worst I've seen since the Milwaukee series with Boston. Dis- disengaged in no man's land on defense, off the ball, just falling asleep, overhelping off of shooters. Grant Williams made the Celtics or the Nets pay for overhelping many a time. And sometimes not even just overhelping. There were times where Tatum just got to the rim and made the right play. That's the thing about the Celtics. They actually beat the Nets for fun off the dribble. They get into the paint. They get kick, drive and kick looks. They get the defense to collapse. Whereas the Nets, they take a long time. The Celtics load up. And they did that on Kyrie, and that was also preventing him from getting shots. And they stuck Jalen Brown on Kyrie to bother him with length. So the Nets just being small. They also got crushed on the glass. Second chance points. The rebounding battle tonight, let me tell you, it was not as bad as it's... It doesn't sound as bad as it actually was. 45-38 to 38 in favor of, of Boston. Eight offensive rebounds for the Nets, but 10 for the Celtics. And the ones that the Celtics got... It was one of those where you just felt it more. They were bigger. They weren't as... For example, like if a guy misses right in front of the rim and gets the offensive rebound, it's like those are offensive rebounds where the defense doesn't really have much to do, can't do much about it. But the ones where they're long shots, you have space to box out, time to box out, and you don't get them. And those were created by those mismatches that that the Celtics got because the Nets had to switch everything. Andre Drummond still started. I mean, the Nets didn't have to switch everything, but they elected to. The Nets... Andre Drummond played four minutes. He was, you know, dropping too deep on a Jalen Brown jump shot. And then I forget if it was a legal screen or something, but they scrapped him for the rest of the game. He only played four minutes, which brings me to the guy that replaced him and played a lot of minutes. And and by the way, guys, the Nets actually kept Jason and Jalen at bay in like the first quarter, first half. Honestly, I thought, you know, I, both of them were OK. They were still creating, but they, they did take their shots away from them. They started loading up on them a little bit more. But Jason and Jalen, especially Tatum, he has just matured so much with these reads. He's been so much more patient. He's finding guys. And the fact that Grant Williams now is such a such an improved three-point shooter completely changes the Celtics team. Because his defense was always good, and he's always been a good athlete physical. But now that he can make you pay from the three-point line, it just gives the Celtics another guy that can go out there and guard everyone. And he was absolutely out of this world on defense in this series moving his feet strong chest just using his body well guarding anyone from Kyrie to Blake Griffin to Kevin Durant it was it was an unbelievable performance by Grant unbelievable and you saw more from the time lord today too he played 14 minutes his stats don't do him justice he's only one of four but his help defense was good he was active and he had four offensive rebounds so that tells you a lot right there you just saw that the Celtics, Pey- also Peyton Pritchard didn't play as much today, only nine minutes, but Derek White in 27 minutes, four of 10, 0 of four from three, but he's intelligent. He had an and one. He knows where to be on D. He communicates. He's got that San Antonio Spurs IQ to him already, and it was such a great addition to the team, much better than Dennis Schroeder, who IQ is not one of the things, in terms of high IQ, is not one of the things we associate with him. But I also want to talk about, so I'm talking about the mismatches, the glass battle, the solid halves from the Celtics bench players. But also, you know another thing for the Nets? Their help defense is weak because the guys are literally small. So let's say that Kyrie Irving gets beat. So what if Seth Curry's the help defender? You know what I'm saying? It's just a nightmare for them. 
And then sometimes Nash elects to go with the three-point guard set of Patty Mills, Seth Curry, and Kyrie. It's insane, especially when the Celtics are rolling with their smallest guys, Marcus Smart. Like, we talked about it. I think Kessler Edwards from Pepperdine should have gotten more minutes. I know he's a rookie, but he is a wing, and they needed it. They missed Joe Harris so badly in this series because even though he's not some fantastic lockdown defender, he gives you some size. He won't just get... It won't be as easy as it was for them with Seth Curry, Patty Mills, and, and Kyrie, and Dragic. Four point guards playing defense. And Dragic actually held his own. I'll talk about that a little bit later in the fourth and on defense. But Seth Curry and Kyrie were just food. And then with Kyrie being so disengaged off the ball, makes it even worse. The help defense was just pathetic at times. And a guy that I actually thought wasn't pathetic, though, that they switch everything with and does a good job of it and was doing a good job of it tonight and was very active, Nick Claxton. He was awesome. The only issue with Claxton, his free throws were DeAndre Jordan-like tonight. I think he missed his first nine free throw attempts, or ten maybe. He was one of 11 from the line. So just giving you, just giving the Nets four of those, or maybe three of those, makes a huge difference in the final score. It was ridiculous at one point. And he was 6-6. Six six. He literally finished everything. KD was making plays, you know, all game long. Third quarter, working quick off the catch. Now you're getting defenders reacting to your drive, not loading up before you drive. So that gave Bruce Brown some dump-offs. Actually, one dump off. Only had two points. They actually kept Bruce Brown at bay today, Boston. And he passed up a lot of shots, too. But he found, you know, Nick Claxton a lot under the basket. And Seth Curry out for drive and kick. So Kevin Durant was really making plays in the third quarter. But the way the Celtics just kind of controlled the game the whole way. It's like, I don't think the Nets even led. They didn't lead once. Celtics were up the whole game. Every time the Nets made a push, the Celtics would just answer back. And that's the sign of a great team by the way still some problems with Kyrie Irving off the ball when Kevin Durant had it just when they're loading up he's just sitting feet behind the three-point line and not and he's not giving KD a good passing angle so that when the bounce pass is made or he throws it over the top because smart's ba- it's basically like a zone smart is basically zoning him up or loading him up whatever you know and you have to either just throw that over the top or a bounce pass and if Ky- Kyrie Irving angle he was really basically not in front of KD to the right, but just literally just side to side with him, parallel, essentially, or, you know, perpendicular, whatever. I don't, I failed geometry like five times, so who gives a fuck about that shit? But, you know, he was next to him, basically. And so even if KD would make a pass, Marcus Smart would have had time to recover because he's behind him damn near. And he's, that's not the first time he's done that. This series is not the second time he's done that. Kyrie Irving, who I've, I don't think he's a bad off-ball player at all. I actually think he's solid off the ball. But he has showed some terrible position spotting up this series. And in the second half, it was the same story all the way around. Too many mismatches. KD was still hooping. He was hitting his pull-ups. I thought that the Celtics were not as good tonight in terms of sitting on KD spots and having a help defender ready. But I also think KD just made the adjustment himself. He started making his tough shots that he normally makes. And he started working quicker, as I said, and making more plays in the post. And I thought his effort was good. But Tatum and Brown were just killing Seth and Kyrie. It was just ridiculous. They got by them whenever they wanted, gets the defense in rotation, weak help, and just making plays, shooting over them like they were chairs, as Kenny Smith said in the halftime. But Seth Curry, you know what he was giving up on defense? He was somewhat making up for on offense. He was making his open threes. The issue is they're just trading baskets, and the Celtics are making the Nets work way harder on every shot attempt because they have much better one-on-one defenders and switching personnel. Their help is sharper. They're much bigger, and it just also creates some transition opportunities. You know, Kyrie Irving, 
he had one nice moving transition, but there was just no transition opportunities for these guys. Whereas the Celtics, they when they get misses, not saying they push the ball, they should push the ball more than they do in my opinion. But when they start with Tyson Horford, I can understand slowing it down a bit. But with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, who uh, Jalen Brown had some really great transition plays tonight, great finishes. With the young team, for the, besides Horford and, and Tice is not that young, they have a young squad. The Smart is in the prime of his career. They have a fairly young squad, though, where they can get out and run with Rob Williams, with Pritchard, with Tatum, with Jalen, and Grant Williams. So I think that, you know, they can they can do even better with that. But the points in the paint battle, 44 to 32 in favor of Boston. That tells you the story right there as well. Just having to work so much harder for the shots, and they've had to do so all series long. And when Kyrie Irving is not hooping, like, this is what we figured out, guys. Kyrie and KD needed to play great for them to win this series, and they didn't even have one game where they both played great. They didn't, and that cost them. Because if they had had a game where both played great the way Jalen and Tatum did on multiple occasions this series, then they could have at least won a game for sure. They were never going to win this series because it is a team game. And I don't like to use that as an excuse for Kyrie and KD because a team game is not just the reason they got swept. You don't just get swept because of that. You have quality players like KD and Kyrie, then you shouldn't be getting swept. KD, this was the first game where he looked like he was, you know, arguably the best player on the court. The first one. Jason Tatum, for the most part, was the king of this series. Yeah, Not for the most part. He was. He was the king of this series. And I'm ready to say that Jason Tatum is the best player on, on either team. Kevin Durant's only getting older. And I know that if you switch them, maybe this helped the, the Nets win. But we can, I'm not going to do the hypotheticals, man. Let's give Jason Tatum his flowers while well, he deserves them. And if KD comes back next year, I'll say I was wrong on that and, and outplays him. But I don't think so. This Celtics team is on the up and up. Jason Tatum guarded him the whole series. It took a team to stop him, but he guarded him the whole series. And he was an incredible. And he took over the third quarter tonight. Totally took over. As dominating the small guards, hitting step backs, hitting fade. This one fadeaway hit over Bruce Brown was like, he's just not going to lose. He's literally just not going to lose. Making good passes, just doing it all. Just totally doing it all. Fourth quarter, really interesting. Really interesting. By the way, Patty Mills, he works hard, but he's also just, it's too easy for Jalen Brown to create space on him and just bully him into an easy shot. He also missed his open threes. He was one of four from deep. One of those could have helped immensely. Two of six from the field for him. So I don't, I don't know what his contract is. And I like Patty Mills. I think he's one of the best role players of this era, but he got he was tough on defense. Jalen Brown. Oh, by the way, Blake Griffin. He was trying really hard. I thought that he had some pros and cons. I was going back and forth with my friend Asher about it when we were watching the game. But they actually started going with, instead of switching Blake on the guys, they started, and by the way, the Celtics start uh, stopped switching guys on a KD at one point. They started doing more uh, hedge recover or trap blitz. And they did the same with, with um, Blake Griffin. They started putting more in drop coverage and having Kevin Durant get over the screens with Tatum. And he created a... Uh, two offensive fouls on Tatum, Blake Griffin did, by taking charges. One of them in the fourth quarter. So Blake actually did okay. There were a couple times, though, where one time he got burned just because he couldn't switch. He showed on the pick and roll and tried to recover, and Al Horford made him pay. And Al Horford hit two huge threes in the fourth quarter, timely as can be. And Al Horford just had an unbelievable series. But we'll get into more of that as, as, I, as I wrap up. But Blake... I thought he played hard. He created a couple loose ball fouls, kept so the ball could stay with the Nets. Rebounds, playing hard defense, throwing himself on the floor. The only thing he could have done better was he missed a reverse layup late in the la- within the last five minutes that he should have probably made. Then there was another one where he had a wide open three and missed when the Nets were down, I believe, 
But Kyrie and Kevin, they did make a push in the fourth. They did. Kevin made some tough shots. One beautiful turnaround, a three. Kyrie hit a three to cut the game down to three. Goran Dragic, by the way, he came in and made some big shots late, even a bank three. But I also thought Goran, of all the guards, of all the small Nets guards, I thought he did the best job because he's actually smart. He knows angles. He's a little bit bigger. And I thought that they should have had him guarding Jalen Brown a lot more this series. I was telling my, my friend, if they win this game, they got to have Goran guarding, maybe playing as many minutes as Seth Curry. Because he's actually played really well. He actually had a really good, solid, solid series, surprisingly. But it was just a little too, too, too little too late. Jalen was scoring on Kyrie late for fun. And, and one late when I think it was 112-109. And Jalen Brown got to the foul line. Kyrie swiped down Jalen Brown and one pull up. Grant Williams was also forcing KD into some really tough shots. But I also want to say, too, it was a poorly officiated game. There were a lot of moments where it was, like, a lot of physicality off the ball, and then they called, like, BS offensive fouls. Like, I thought the Nets got a really harsh whistle first quarter, but then Jason Tatum getting fouled out on that bullshit offensive foul was totally, like, it totally made up for it for sure. It was ridiculous. I thought they were going to win the game potentially off Tatum being fouled out with, like, three minutes left. And they did not capitalize. There was also a Kevin Durant where Marcus Smart was just literally breathing down his neck. And KD just backed up. and didn't even extend his elbow or anything. Got called for an offensive foul. Then there were times where they called hand check fouls. And then other times where they didn't. It was just a weirdly officiated game. But the final moments came down to this. The Nets. <laughs> oh, Lordy. I did not think Kyrie Irving was aggressive enough throughout the game. But he started trying a bit more in the fourth. I thought Kevin Durant was actually pretty good in the fourth. But yeah, right. It was a one-point game. Jalen Brown puts the Celtics up by three, 111-108, and Jalen's done an amazing job in fourth quarters this series. But KD getting fouled with 22 seconds left, going to the line and missing a free throw. A guy that's so reliable at the line missing a crucial free throw. And what's crazy is after that, the Celtics did not even hold to kill clock. They literally went to the basket in transition. Blake Griffin contested Marcus Smart and forced a miss. And Kevin Durant, who did not sprint down the other end, if you watch the playback, he was slow getting back. But the main culprit to me, even though it was Al Horford under there, Kyrie Irving had a second to try to at least get the inside position, at least try to foul him. And he just watched as Al Horford put in the dagger on a tip layup, and that was all she wrote as KD missed a three, and the Celtics sweep the Brooklyn Nets. Absolute revenge from last year's playoffs where they lost four games to one. Kyrie Irving stepping on lucky, angering Celtic legends, being the most hated man in Boston as far as sports at this moment in time, and for them to sweep them with a healthy KD, with a healthy Kyrie, with Tatum, with Jalen, no third star, no nothing, and beating them with Jason and Jalen, who are the two picks that they got in the Pierce-Garnett trade. It does not get more poetic than that, Celtics fans. And I know I got a lot of followers that are Celtics fans, so my boys, Celtics fans, eat your hearts out. Go crazy. If you have every single right to celebrate this as much as you want, because this is satisfying, beating Kyrie Irving like this. Satisfying. Rub it in. Always hold it against them. You. This was the worst series Kevin Durant ever had. I don't care that he played pretty well tonight. It was the worst series he ever had. And Kyrie Irving, just as bad as the Bucks damn near that series. Three bad games out of four for the two of them. 
Let's read the stat lines before I go over their performance as a whole. For the Celtics, Derek White, 9.6 rebounds and 2 assists on 4 of 10 shooting and 0 of 4 from 3. The Time Lord only played 14 minutes, had 3 points, 5 rebounds on 1 of 4 shooting. Solid game, though. I thought every all 8 players in the Celtics were solid. Grant Williams, unbelievable. 14 points, 3 rebounds, 5 of 8 shooting, 4 of 6 from deep. Daniel Tice only played 20 minutes, but he did his thing when he was there. 6 points, 8, eight rebounds, 2 of 4 shooting. Marcus Smart, who I thought was awesome, obviously on both ends of the floor, but he was playmaking really well tonight, making some really nice passes, good reads and pick and roll, and they really are better when Smart's handling the ball a lot. 20 points, 5 rebounds, 11 assists, 11 assists, and only one turnover. His decision-making has come a long way, and I'm going to take an L here, and I'm going to admit something. I was starting to say that maybe they should trade Marcus Smart. It's getting stale. Maybe his decision-making is just too detrimental in the playoffs, and he shut me right the fuck up. They would not be here without him. Marcus Smart, I've always actually liked him. That was just the first time I kind of doubted him, but he's been absolutely killing it. Al Horford, 13.6 rebounds, 5 of 9 shooting, 3 of 5 from deep, including those two in the fourth that I talked about. And then the Jays, Jalen Brown, very solid performance, nothing too crazy, but just did his job, versatile on D, made big shots, dominated his mismatches, 22 points, 8 rebounds on 9 of 20 shooting, but he was 0 of 5 from deep. A couple of them were really good looks, though. And then Jason Tatum, the man of this series, Ascending in front of our eyes, 29 points, only three boards, but five assists, did turn the ball over six times, nine of 16 shooting, four of six from deep, and seven of eight from the line. And, by the way, the Celtics shot 40% from deep tonight, 14 of 35, and 47% from the field. The Nets, Patty Mills, 19 minutes, two of six, one of four from three, and five points. He was not great this series to me. Goran Dragic did have a good series, 10 points. Eight rebounds, four assists, four of six shooting, two of four from deep. Nick Claxton, 13 points and six rebounds, two steals and three blocks, six of six shooting, one of 11 from the line. Blake Griffin, a donut, but he was plus 10, the highest of any net. I thought he actually had a solid impact in the game. Three rebounds, four assists, a steal, took two charges uh, and got both of them on Jason Tatum, who ended up fouling out. 0 of three shooting, 18 minutes. Then for the starters, Drummond only played four, so there's no need to talk about him. Bruce Brown, 24 minutes played. This was probably his worst game of the series. Only two points on one of three shooting. Was not as much of an impact. Did not have as much of an impact, I should say. Seth Curry, a solid offensive game. Got cooked on defense. I thought, if anything, they should have put... I don't know. They are putting Kyrie on Jalen, but he couldn't guard him. But Seth on Jalen is not, meant, not much better at all. 23 points for Seth. 9 of 13 shooting and 5 of 9 from deep. And then Kyrie, 20 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists two turnovers, six for 13 from the field. That's just not enough shots. That's just not enough shots. Two of three from three, especially when you're shooting efficiently. And his defense was atrocious. And then Kevin Durant, 39 points, seven boards, nine assists, a steal, four turnovers, 13 of 31 from the field, three of 11 from three, 10 of 11 from the line. And the crucial one was missed at the end of the game. As far as team stats, Nets shot 50% from the field, actually. 37 from three, but their free throws did kill them. They got beat on the glass. They got beat in the paint, and they were just outmatched in this series. In conclusion, guys, Kevin Durant, I said it once, and I'm going to say it again. He ain't the best scorer ever. He finally, if you watch this game, though, you can. if he was consistently like that, then we would have a we have more of a conversation here, but he wasn't. He had three bad games. He went to the post when he was desperation. He 
started making shots that he normally make when it was desperation. He didn't lose the ball too much tonight when it was desperation, but he did not do it early enough. He didn't have a sense of urgency. He seemed fatigued. This is not tonight. I'm talking about the series. Didn't have a sense of urgency at the end of the third. I mean, I wouldn't say he didn't have a sense of urgency, but he was deflated um, at the end of game three. He was locked up thoroughly by that amazing Celtic defense. He constantly went at the top of the key where the defense could load up on him and he'd be forced to get rid of the ball or take a tough contested jumper. He could not really get to the basket the same way he used to. He kind of lost a step. He did not go to the post or mid post or work hard enough without the ball. He was too stagnant. And he just didn't fight hard enough. He did not fight hard enough. Tonight he fought, but throughout the series he did not fight hard enough. He didn't seem too bothered. In game three, he was talking to Jason Tatum, smiling when he was about to go down 3 nothing. It's like, I, I mean, he seemed pretty down in the press conference tonight. And I think he's given some great answers post-game. But this is definitely the worst loss of, his, of Kevin Durant's career. The biggest blemish. Because even though he did, wasn't expected to win this series, he got swept. He got embarrassed. He couldn't even get a game. And Jason Tatum thoroughly outplayed him the whole series. I don't even know what to say. He's no longer... He, if he had... He didn't even really have a consensus best player in the league stint. You can argue him and Steph last year, him and Giannis and Steph last year. You can argue 2019 before he got hurt. I'm always going to go with LeBron the first two years. I'm going to stand by it because of the way I saw KD get schemed out again as the number one option. He didn't get it done. And I know it's more than just the t- it's more than just him. I'm not saying he was supposed to win this series, but we can't just use team game as an excuse for not performing well enough. I know your team how good your team is affects how well you do individually, but he could have done better, and he knows he could have done better. And this is as bad as it gets for KD. Not top 10. Top 15 has to be thought about if you want to go, if you want to ask me about that type of shit. He's more in the Charles Barkley category to me, like Ewing, those guys, than uh, LeBron, than uh, freaking Jordan, Kobe, Larry Bird, Hakeem, Wilt. That's just my opinion. Kyrie Irving, I just think he's irresponsibility from the beginning of this season. I wouldn't say irresponsibility, but he 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 was detrimental to the team in many ways with the fact that he didn't play. He didn't play, and that hurts the team. It, building camaraderie, building chemistry, knowing what works, what doesn't, knowing what matchups could be detrimental come playoff time. It was just, well, when we get our, our, our healthy guys back, Kyrie and Kevin Durant, we're not betting against that. I talked about it last episode, man. They wanted Nash. Kyrie made a comment like before the season. I don't even see it as we have a coach. Like sometimes I could be the coach. Kevin could be the coach. Great players want to be coached. The best want to be coached. Michael Jordan wanted like at the end he had to listen. Kobe Bryant he had to listen. Say what you want about LeBron. He's had Eric Spoelstra, Ty Lue. He bought in in those certain ways. More than this, I'm not saying Katie's not defying the coach, but it's like. They wanted to play iso ball, like they wanted Nash. He has no experience. They what what they got rid of Atkinson before Katie even played a game. They they made their bed, now they gotta lay in it. And they've cheated the process for a couple years now. They think that these midseason trades and like the they just are trying to rely on their talent. Like this is 2K. You gotta build good habits. You can't cheat the regular season. You need to do what you can to build those habits with the team. It's not just about you individually. And they the Brooklyn Nets have been humbled badly by a Celtic team who obviously took a risk. Uh, it wasn't really a risk trade in Pearson Garnett, but it was it was risk in terms of the backlash they received from that. And look what they've paid off. They've, they, it's paid off. The Jays just wiped the floor with the stars of the 2010s, Kyrie Irving and KD, and they're only getting better. Al Horford was phenomenal in the series. Jason Tatum guarded the best player and was just insane. He was taking over moments of games. 
He was maturing as a playmaker. Jalen Brown was playing great in fourth quarters. Grant Williams has come a long way. And Time Lord's getting healthier. That Bucks series is going to be electric. I wish it was the conference finals. But if they win that, there's no reason not to believe that the Celtics could win the whole thing. This is the best Celtic team since Garnett and Pierce. And it is not close in my eyes. This, this team is special. This team is special. And I told my friends in Massachusetts when I went and visited a couple weeks ago that they're, they're one year away. I was wrong. Tatum is that D-Wade, Tim Duncan-like, I think, in my eyes. He could be. He really could be. He's got that it factor. I said it from day one. I started down it a little bit this season, but he went back and he started guarding. And the at is infectious. When your two best players guard, Jalen wanted to guard Kyrie tonight a lot for large stretches. Tatum wanted to guard KD. You obviously trust your help defense. You trust your schemes. You trust your coach. And Ime, who deserves so much credit in this series, made KD and Kyrie look overrated. Ime Udoka, shouts out to you and your coaching staff. The Celtics are through to the next round. After last year losing to these very nets, Kyrie Irving gets swept by his former team that he left after saying they would, I'll resign if you'd love to have me back. Oh man, oh man. Celtics fans, go at him. And by the way, Kyrie Irving, I want to say before I move on, he start, that this is two bad playoffs in a row, like ending the playoffs badly. He obviously got injured last year and played great in the first round against these Celtics, but 2019 was, dis, was a disaster, and this was a disaster. And it seems that when teams scheme him and really treat him like a star, the Celtics tried to make it so they wouldn't get clean looks in the paint at all this, this series. If you got by someone, you've seen another guy, and that forces a 6-3 guard. And this goes back to the things we're talking about with Donovan Mitchell, with John Morant, with Trey Young. They're the small guards that are the best. Their best attribute is scoring. That has limitations come playoff time. And it's forcing you into a lot of tough jump shots. And Kyrie Irving, and that's not always reliable. It's tough to live off that, especially at that size. And the issue with Kyrie Irving is he doesn't affect the game in any other way if he's not scoring. He doesn't make anybody better. His off-the-ball movement is average to me. He does not pass. He's a decent passer, not great. And when they're switching everything, he's like when he gets in the paint, he's kind of looking to score. You know what I'm saying? He's not that great driving and kicking. I think he's better in pick and roll in terms of passing. And then defensively, he's weak. He played really solid in the with the Cavs, but he's not shown that effort in a while to me. And then the intangible things, hustle plays, attention to detail, little things like that. Kyrie Irving. I've never I don't even remember if I've ever seen Kyrie Irving dive on a loose ball. If you if, if you can find it, link it to me. I don't know if this team can win a championship. With Ben Simmons, it's going to change a lot. Joe Harris is going to change a lot. I have serious doubts about KD as the guy. I don't have any doubts really about Kyrie as that second guy. But I think I do have some doubts about KD as the guy and these two together winning a chip. But hey, they're done. Sayonara, Brooklyn. Steve Nash, by the way, that should be his last game coached. I think that people were a little harsh on him in the series because he doesn't really have many other options. They're just small. He doesn't have any wings on this roster. But he just persisted with it too much. I think he should have tried some other shit. Honestly, should have tried more blatant zone, for being real. Let's talk briefly about the Mavs. Kicking the shit out of the Jazz. Luka was back and cooking. 19 points in the third. He was just destroying. They were getting into the paint. No perimeter. The, the perimeter defenders can't guard. It was a shit show for the Jazz. They got smoked. They, only, they didn't even score more than 22 points in any quarter. 36 points in the first half. This game was done to me. The Mavs defense is showing how much it's improved. And obviously, because Luka is Luka, their offense is good, and they're way better than the Jazz. 
The Jazz were a dysfunctional team right now. Jordan Clarkson was the only one who shot well for the Jazz. 20 points, besides Rudy, 20 points on 9 of 15 shooting. But I guarantee he probably wasn't good on defense, even though I didn't really watch like that. 0, of 4, 0 for 4 from 3. And then you had Donovan, who just had another tough shooting night. He's having a terrible series. This is probably the worst series of his entire career. 9 points, 4 of 15, 0 for 7 from deep and four turnovers to one assist. So that's just horrendous. He's probably taking really tough shots. Can't get in the paint, or when he is, he's getting met with multiple bodies. Mike Conley's having a disaster of a series. He's officially washed. The experiment didn't work. He hasn't been the same after the injury last year when he was injured in the playoffs. One for six, 0 for three from deep. Four points, five assists. Mike Conley, how the mighty have fallen. It's I mean, father time is undefeated, right? 17 and 11 for Rudy. I didn't watch the game, so I can't talk, talk about his performance. Six of seven. Bogdanovich, amazing first three games. Stinkers in games four and five. Two points on 0 for 9 shooting and 0 of 5 from three. My God. I also heard Luca on Twitter. I can't take this for face value, but I heard he had a good defensive night tonight. Also, Royce O'Neal, one of five from three. And listen to this. Three for 30 from deep. They just do not know when to fucking quit. They just don't. The Utah freaking trash. No, oh, they're so garbage. By the way, rebounding battle, 49-40 to 40 in favor of Dallas. 11-7 in the offensive rebounds. Let's take a look at them. Spencer Dinwiddie, 28 minutes played, 9 points. So it looks like his role has really decreased with, with Luka back, which sucks for him, but he did his job. I mean, without Dinwiddie, they would not have been up 2-1. Dwight Powell, 8 points, 4 boards on 4-4 four four shooting in 20 minutes. Reggie Bullock, 3-9 of nine from 3. Those are all his shots, 9 points, 7 rebounds, but I bet he played good defense. 3 steals, plus 31, so he had to be involved in a lot of good stuff. Maxi Kleba, Plus 15, but a donut. Only shot one time, but I bet you I bet you he played well. When you win by th 25 points like that, you usually play well when you play 20 minutes or more. Dorian Finney-Smith, 13 points, 5 boards, 4 assists. No doubt in my mind he had a good defensive game. 3 of 7 from deep, 4 of 11 from the field. Jalen Brunson, he may have shot 1 of 7 from deep, but 9 of 20 from the field. 24 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, only 1 turnover. He's been spectacular in this series, and Mavs fans got to be thanking him because without him, they would not be winning this series. And then Luka, he's back. He's ready to win a first-round series. 33 points, 13 boards, 5 assists, good defense from what I heard. 11 for 22, that's 50%, and 3 of 10 from deep, but his free throws are still a little bit of a concern. 8 for 12, that's 66%, so got to get better there. I had Mavs in 7 if Luka played even one game, or came back in the series, I should say. But, and I'm going to stick with that pick, but it's going to be Mavs in six. This series is a wrap to me. If the Jazz forces game seven, hey, it could be some good TV, but I think they're done. This Jazz team is fucked, and they're going to break it up, and I'm going to be a happy man because fuck the Jazz. And now to end it off with Toronto. I didn't get to watch this game much, but I heard a lot on Twitter about James Harden looking like Plumber Jim. Second quarter for the Raptors, looking at the stats, it sticks out. 25-14 to 14 in favor of Toronto. They really locked these boys up. I bet a, a lot of switch everything scheme. They only really had an eight-man rotation. They had garbage minutes for other guys, but it's Achua, Boucher, and Thaddeus Young coming off the bench. And Thaddeus Young has been great in this series. It's been a great adjustment. Gives him more size. He has playoff experience. He's tough. So he's been good as far as I know. Three points tonight. Only played 16 minutes. One for two. Three boards, three assists. But the size of the, of, the, of the Raptors, and mind you, no Scott, uh, Fred Van Vliet. No Fred Van Vliet, and they're playing actually better. Scotty Barnes just came back from injury the other day. And by the way, so the final score was 103-88 in favor of, 
the by the way shout out hey all the people in the live subscribers i'm gonna get to your comments uh in a second but i see my homies right there my boys i see y'all in there shout out but let me finish it off with the raptors and the sixers man 103 88 toronto philly if there's any coach that can blow a three nothing lead it's gonna be glenn rivers it's gonna be glenn i don't think it's gonna happen but if I think the Raptors could easily win this game six, especially with the way that Harden's playing. And now when Embiid has a little, like, fucked up his thumb, t- tore something in it or something, tore a ligament in his thumb, Kobe style, he's going to have to fight through it. That's tough. But, oof. James Harden. Tonight's stat line, 4 of 11 from the field. 2 of 6 from deep. 15 points for him. That's not good enough. That's not going to be good enough. Embiid? Seemed like he was kept in check. He had five fouls, so maybe they got him in foul trouble. 20 points, 11 boards, four assists, 7 of 15 shooting, and 0 for 4 from deep. Only got to the line six times, and Harden only got to the line six times. So good job for the Raptors, not fouling. I didn't see the officiating or anything like that. Tyrese Maxey. I'm sorry, not Tyrese Maxey. Yeah, Tyrese Maxey, 5 for 14, 0 of 3 from 3. He hasn't shot well lately. The Sixers as a team only shot 38% and 27% from deep. So it was a tough shooting night. Another big night for Pascal Siakam. This is the Siakam that we were hearing all year from the Raptors fans. 23, 10, and 7. That's 10 rebounds, 7 assists, only 2 turnovers, 10 of 17 shooting, and 2 of 4 from deep. OG Ananobi, he's had a really solid series to me. 16 points, 5 boards, 4 assists, 2 steals, 7 of 15 shooting. A little bit too many threes, 2 of 9 there. Scotty Barnes, the warrior, the ox, the rookie of the year. 12 points, 8 boards, 4 assists, 3 steals, 5 for 10. The Raptors win it 103-88. And the, and the crazy part is, oh, they took care of the ball well. Only eight turnovers as a squad. So now we got to see the Sixers sweat. And we're going to see Glenn Rivers sweat. And let's see. This is where Embiid needs to just stamp his authority on the series and just end it. I bet there was a lot of double teams. That's why he only scored 20 points. And you see, like, Tobias Harris, 16 shots. Tyrese Maxey, 14 shots. So they probably got some open looks. But I'd have to watch the tape. Am I going to watch the tape? Probably not. Uh, we'll just catch game six. And I think this is, I think this could really go seven. And by the way, guys, for anyone that's wondering when's the last time a series that was three, nothing went to the seventh game, 2003 Blazers and Mavs. I wasn't even watching basketball then. So I've never seen it. The furthest I've seen it is like this three, two 2013 Celtics Knicks comes to mind. The last series that Pierce and Garnett played, but James Harden, I hope you're feeling the heat, buddy. 16, by the way, Gary Trent, 16 points, didn't shoot well, 5 for 14, but to get double figures from him is big time. And by the way, Precious Achua, thank God I didn't forget, 7 for 11, 27 minutes played, 17 and 7, and 3 blocks. I'm guessing he probably guarded and beat a lot, so even though the Raptors only shot 8 for 31 from deep, they were 51% from the field overall, and they're showing a lot of fight right now to do this. So that's it for me tonight, guys. It's going to get fun from here on out. Tomorrow's games, we got three of them for the last time. I hope this is the end of the three games. Just finish them off, Miami. Miami and Atlanta, and then Minnesota-Memphis game five. That'll be huge. And then Phoenix-Minnesota. I'm sorry, Phoenix-New Orleans game five. That'll be massive. But but to the Brooklyn Nets, sayonara. Enjoy your summer. Stop going GM style. Let them do their jobs and fill out the roster as it needs to be. Ben Simmons, dude, get on the court. You just took a whole year off. Mental health, back just bitching, walking out on the Sixers because you were too sensitive. I know Glenn Rivers didn't handle that situation well, but, like, come on, man. Y'all are not serious. Y'all, you don't, how badly do you want to win a championship? That's a real question to me. How badly does Durant want to win another ring? 
How or do you just want to go out there and hoop? We just gonna go out there and hoop. That's uh, Kevin Durant answered everything to me. We just gonna go out there and hoop. We gonna hoop. Yeah, I know he's not about all the extras and shit. And I know he wants to win. I'm not. I'm not saying he doesn't want to win. But there's levels to this winning shit. And the Celtics look hungry right now. Hungry. Kyrie Irving does not look hungry. If you were that hungry, bro, just take the shot, man. I like. It, I'm, I'm a Muslim man. I'm a Muslim boy, man. Whatever, <laughs> man, child. Kyrie Irving is a Muslim man, and I like that he converted. You know, Muslim family. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, like, you're not taking. I don't think the vaccine has to do with anything religious. I think he's just not taking it. Doesn't want to do it. Doesn't feel like he needs to do it. And that's fine. You don't need to. But it came at the expense of your team season. So. If you want to, I hope you live with some, I hope he's, you know, feels a little bad about that. If I was a Nets fan, I would actually be like livid right now. You, you would see a rant like me with Glenn Rivers after this. Oh man, if there's a Nets fan out there that's ranting, link me to him because I feel the pain. But anyway, guys, Glenn Rivers, hey, yo guys, if Glenn Rivers loses game six, I am going to, that live is going to be fun. And if he loses this series, oh my God, you might have to suspend my channel and my Twitter account. Oh God. Let's go to the live subscribers now. We know so patiently in the chat. Super chats are turned on if you want to drop a dollar or a dime. Make sure you comment on this video. Make sure you give me a reply. I'm sorry, like a um, review on Apple or whatever. Let me know what you think. Am I getting better at this? Am I getting worse? Do you like the episodes with the guests better, with just me? What do you think of my analysis? What can I do better? I'm always open to criticism. We got to keep moving. Tell your friends about this shit if you want, if you think that I'm doing my job well. I try to give you guys the best that I can. Watch every game. Try to be unbiased. Give you some personality. Try to give you historical context. But anyway, Celtic fans, have a great night because you deserve it. Brooklyn Nets fans, start holding your stars accountable. Good night.